Nancy Lee DeMoss wrote a book in 2001 entitled Lies Women Believe. This was followed by another book written in 2018 by a man named Robert called Lies Men Believe. Both books contain lies that ensnare people. Some of these lies include, I'm not worth anything. I need to learn to love myself. I can't help the way that I am. I'm not responsible for my actions. Pleasure and entertainment can satisfy me. Both books help men and women combat the lies they are prone to believe with the truth from God's word. Nancy writes in her book, Bondage is another word that comes to mind when I think of contemporary Christian women. Many are in bondage to their past. Whether the result of their own failures or the failures of others, their pasts hang like huge weights around their necks. They carry them everywhere they go, trudging through life. Others are in bondage to what the Bible calls the fear of man. They are gripped by fear of rejection, fear of what people think of them, and a longing for approval. Still, others are emotional prisoners, enslaved by worry, fear, anger, depression, and self-pity. Nancy desires to help women see how God's truth will set them free from the lies they are choosing to dwell on. Robert writes in his introduction an overview of why men are deceived. He writes, We think of ourselves as thoughtful and in control. We think of ourselves as wiser than the God who planned all things from beginning to end. We think we can see the future, disbelieving God and believing ourselves. But we are called to be obedient soldiers in God's kingdom. We are called to walk with him as loving husbands, shepherds seeking to reflect our good shepherd, as fathers seeking to reflect the character of our great father, or just as men who simply want to live a holy life. We must take every thought and every emotion captive to the obedience of Christ. Like Nancy, Robert desires to motivate men to take captive the lies they are believing with the truth that is from God's word. The podcast today deals with inaccurate perceptions that people have about themselves. These are lies people choose to believe about who they are as an individual. The big idea? Inaccurate perceptions about oneself require a change in perspective. Some examples of inaccurate perceptions are, no one loves me. I can't do anything right. I'm so dumb. I'm not good enough. I always mess things up. No one cares if I show up or not. No one cares about what I have to say. What I have to say doesn't matter anyways. These are lies that people can believe about themselves. Consider the story about a lady named Amy Carmichael and of a physical feature she had to learn to accept. Amy Carmichael, she was a missionary to India. God used her to rescue girls from temple prostitution. A huge part of this rescue operation were the brown eyes that God gave her. She writes about this experience. Growing up, she desperately wanted blue eyes. Blue eyes will make me look beautiful. Brown eyes don't make me look good. 
an accurate view of herself growing up would have been, God made me physically just the way that I am, and he desired that I have brown eyes for his plans and purpose. However, God would teach her to develop this perspective as time went on. As an adult, she went to India to work with children. Later, she would help in rescuing girls from temple prostitution. She would disguise herself as someone from India and rescue these girls. A friend told her, it's a good thing you have brown eyes, otherwise the people would spot you immediately. Although Amy did not appreciate her brown eyes growing up, God had a plan and a purpose for just the way that he made her. Although Amy wished for blue eyes that would make her look beautiful, God viewed her as someone who was fearfully and wonderfully made by him. Amy was God's masterpiece, and he was going to use her with her brown eyes to help the girls in India who were in crisis. Let's take a moment to consider Psalms 139, 13 through 17. We read in this passage how each of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. For you form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! We see here a couple points. That God intentionally wrote your story. And that God intentionally made you. You form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not an accident. You were made on purpose. You were made by God for a reason and with a purpose. The word fearfully means to stand in awe, to be in reverence of something. Fearfully, wonderfully. Marvelously carries the idea to be set apart, to cause great wonder. A man by the name of Jerry Bridges writes this, David praised God, not because he was handsome, but because God made him. The eternal God, who is infinite in his wisdom and perfect in his love, personally made you and me. He gave you the body the mental abilities, and the basic personality that you have because that is the way he wanted you to be. And he wanted you to be just that way because he loves you and he wants to glorify himself through you. Despite God writing our story intentionally, many times we wish that God had given us someone else's story, someone else's circumstances. We begin to compare ourselves with others. Essentially, we are telling God in these moments, you don't know what's best. You have made a mistake. Some examples of comparing ourselves are, I wish I had a lot of friends like so-and-so. I wish I was as smart as so-and-so. I wish I was appreciated and recognized like other people. I wish I was accepted and liked by others. 
Paul addresses this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, when he writes, But when they measured themselves by themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Oftentimes, it is the recognition or appreciation of a certain person or a certain group of people we desire. When we fear disappointing people, we let these lies slip in. When we fear being rejected by a certain person or a group of people, we let these lies slip in. Because you don't meet your standard of perfection, because you don't meet your standard of what you think you should be based upon how you perceive people are viewing you, you feel worthless. You feel that you are not of great value. These are lies that Satan sends to you to give you an inaccurate view of yourself. There are other lies that we can believe that are inaccurate about ourselves. Number one, God isn't concerned or involved with the details of your life. Number two, God made a mistake. These lies come from Satan. He desires to bring you down with these lies and how you view God and yourself. Satan desires to keep you from the truth. The truth is, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are not an accident. You are made with a purpose. I love playing basketball. However, I'm not the best athlete. I did not grow up playing on organized sports teams. I did not receive coaching in how to play. Therefore, many of my friends were a lot better than me. Later on, God would have me to help out with a basketball ministry in North Minneapolis. I carried on this ministry for five plus years. During this time, some of my thoughts were negative. I felt like I'm not making a difference. Sometimes I thought to myself, it is not worth my time showing up. I'm wasting my time. However, these were all lies from Satan. These were all inaccurate perceptions I had of myself. God would teach me through a twisted ankle how to have a right perspective on life. One night I twisted my ankle very badly. I was not able to play basketball for the next three months. About one month in, after my injury, the guys began to ask me, Hey, are you going to play basketball with us? Hey, Jay, when are you going to play? God began to show me that I have been making a connection after all with these guys. But because of their culture, they could not show it. God took the little skills I had with basketball and used them to connect me with inner city youth. My athletic ability and my acceptance were not the end-all goal in God's plan. It was his honor and glory that he received through me being willing to play basketball with these teens. It was his honor and glory that he received as I built relationships for the purpose of sharing the gospel with these teens. When I got my mind wrapped around this truth, my perspective changed. This is not a one-and-done deal. This truth was something I had to keep repeating over and over to myself. As long as I kept my mind and motivation where God's truth was, my perspective remained accurate. 
Perhaps athletic abilities is not where your inaccurate perceptions about yourself stem from. It could be your communication. You may think, I can't do anything right. Therefore, I can't tell others about Jesus. It could be the skills that you possess. You may think, I can't serve at church because other people are way better than I am. I just mess everything up. I challenge you. Take these thoughts to God. Consider in what ways he desires to use you to help others out in your words and actions. God understands your motivations, even if others do not. When people misperceive your desire to help, take that back to God and talk to him. Let God be the ultimate judge of how you are striving to serve him through your words and actions. Run your perceptions of yourself through the filter of Philippians 4.8. This verse says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any virtue or praise, think on these things. There are two challenges I would like to leave you with in regards to inaccurate perceptions about yourself. First, Take captive your thoughts about yourself. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Filter your thoughts through Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Ask yourself, is what I'm thinking true? Is what I'm thinking honorable? Is what I am thinking praiseworthy? If it is not, dismiss the thought through Jesus' power. Choose to dwell on what is true, pure, and right. Take captive every thought, the good and the bad, and consider which ones Jesus desires that you dwell on. My second challenge is get alone and talk with God. Jerry Bridges again challenges his readers in the book, Trusting God Even When Life Hurts. He writes, Are we willing to take our physical limitations, our learning disabilities, and even our appearance problems to God and say, Father, you are worthy of this infirmity in my life. I believe you created me just the way I am because you love me and you want to glorify yourself through me. I will trust you for who I am. In conclusion, take some time to dwell on Psalms 139. Consider memorizing this psalm and think about the ways that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you.